This is Gateway City Sports. This is the Derek King Sports Show. Cardinals, Blues, Mizzou Athletics, Chiefs. He has it covered. The Derek King Sports Show. Only on Gateway City Sports. Hello, everybody. This morning, my apologies. If there's anything that's going on with the audio, please let me know in the comments section. I had to make a few changes and a few adjustments. Um, and obviously, you just got to kind of live stream to just figure it out. So if there's any issues with the audio that you're hearing directly from the microphone, please let me know. Or if you're not hearing anything at all. Uh, the audio, for some reason, is not wanting to work. Uh, we had a software update, so naturally everything gets uh, reset to the original configurations, the default configurations, for whatever reason. That's Microsoft for you. That's Windows, because we run PC. So that just kind of has a tendency to happen. So just let me know if, obviously, if there's any video, audio issues. Video issues should be fine. Audio issues are another story. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and we're just going to get right into it. And we're just going to talk about the, we're just going to talk about baseball. That's all we're going to talk about today. We're just going to talk about baseball. That's it. We're not going to talk about football uh, or anything else to kind of go along with that. So the one thing that I want to cover today is I want to cover the last few games with the Cardinals, with their sets that they had against Philadelphia and the Pirates and coming into now the the sets and everything that they're coming up with now. So I just want to kind of go over the weekly recap. This is over on gatewaycitysports.com. Uh, it's the cards recap written by Don Glenn over there. Uh, it, so the April 26th game against the, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies win that one 2-1 to one against the cards. The 27th game against the Phillies as well. Uh, cards 5, Phillies 2. Uh, April 28th, Phillies 5, Cards 3. Uh, 29th, Cards 4, Phillies 3. On the 30th, it was Pittsburgh, the Pirates. Cardinals 7, Pirates 3. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cardinals uh, 12 to 5. Cardinals 12 to 5 over the Pirates. Uh, and that was on the 1st of May. Then on the 2nd of May, Cardinals 3, Pirates nothing. And so they went 5 and 2 in that stand. So that's great. That's great to see that. That's great to see that the team is finally starting to make that comeback. They're finally starting to, you know, coalesce, start to come around. They're starting to become more of an integrated unit. And that's always good to see. It's good to see pitching start to come around, which was a concern at the beginning of the season. I was concerned about the bullpen early on in the season. I was concerned about Carlos Martinez. I have been a very vocal uh, opponent, I guess you could say, against Carlos Martinez. I have really went after him. I'm glad to see that he's picking things up. I'm glad to see that he's starting to turn things around. Let's hope that that's the case. Let's hope that's, that it stays that way. There's no guarantees that it will, but that's always the hope. The hope is that Jack Flaherty becomes even more potent, even more 
devastating than he already is. You know, you want to see Wainwright come back uh, with his uh, family leave due to COVID. That's always a bad situation for anybody on a personal level, but it, it also hurts the team to not have him there. And so it's it's good to see Johan Oviedo, 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 come in and do what he's been doing. That's fantastic. Love to see it. Um, you know, and starting to see players like Tyler O'Neill start to kind of come around. You know, Harrison Bader is now back. I know there's a lot of Bader haters out there. Um, and start to see him do his thing. The one thing that really surprises me, and I don't know if it necessarily surprises me or shocks me per se, but has been the amount of vitriol, the amount of hate that has been spewed. And I don't like using that word directly, but there seems to be a lot of disdain directed towards Matt Carpenter for one reason and or another, whether it be because of his batting average or his on-base percentage or the lack of home runs that he hits or whatever the case might be. Maybe it's because of the amount of money he makes. I'm not really sure. All I can tell you is the amount of people on social media that are out there that want to play manager, present company included, you know, I, I cannot sit here and say that I am not guilty just as much as everybody else of wanting to play manager and place players in a certain position. Why is this lineup this way? You know, it, I get it, but it really surprises me of how, you know, that Matt Carpenter has been what he's been. And I'm perfectly fine with him being a bench bat. Um, but it surprises me that there's so many people that think that this organization, the Cardinals organization is poor. And the one thing that I want to point out, this ain't the NFL. There's not a salary cap. And so that's the one thing that I want to stress to folks is, Hey, listen, they could spend as much money as they want and they could spend as little money as they want. It is totally up to the organization. The organization wrote that contract for Matt Carpenter. You and I didn't do it. Okay, so they wrote him that. In my mind, I'm looking at it going, this is a going away present for Matt Carpenter. This is something that he's was given by the organization to say, hey, these are for your years of great service. This is your retirement gift. Here you go right off into the sunset with it. The organization doesn't seem to be that upset with it. Remember, they traded Dexter Fowler and actually are paying him $14 million to play against them or to play for another team. So if you think about that, that's how upset they were with his decline. That's how upset they were with the situation. They're actually paying him $14 million. We can get into the Nolan Arenado thing too as well, but that's a completely different bag. You're getting a top flight player at the absolute top of his game in the premium years of his career. It's a lot different and getting $50 million from the Colorado Rockies than taking an aging player who's in their late 30s who is not productive anymore, and you're sending him halfway or more across the United States to an AL team when you're in the NL. That's a lot different. With the Matt Carpenter thing, the one thing that folks have to remember is contract structure. There are some people out there that don't know it, don't understand it, and 
and can't wrap their head around how those things work. They just hear the number, you know, 18 million, 17 million, whatever, and they run with it. The fact is there's so many stipends and little nuances inside of that contract that he has to meet. And there's a lot of really intuitive folks out there, and I praise you guys and gals out there that understand the fundamentals. That is fantastic. It's great. I love it. Love to see it. Love to hear it. That There's a lot of folks out there that are really intuitive and smart and know it and understand it. That's great, and I love it. When Matt Carpenter says it's you know 18 million or whatever it is that he's getting 17 and a half, whatever it is that he's getting this year, it's somewhere around that range. The stipends are that he has to get a certain amount of at-bats. And last year he was prorated because of the COVID season. I think it was somewhere around 430, 450 at-bats that he was prorated last year. Somewhere in that vicinity. So that means this year, in order to vest for the next year, to become a player option for him to be able to just go ahead and get the full amount of money, that it would have to be like another, what, 600 and something at-bats? 660, 650, that's what he would have to get in order to get that full amount of money. He's not going to get that. So what it's going to do, and the organization is going to make sure of that. So what that's going to end up doing next year is that the team will have two options. They could pick up the team option for $12 million for next year, or they have a $2 million buyout. That's the option that they're going to take. That's the route that the organization is going to go. They're going to take that $2 million buyout, and they're going to either send him on down the road or maybe they might even bring him back on a real, real super cheap deal and like 1 million or 500 K or whatever. And they'll say, Hey, you're our bench bat. You're a left-handed specialty that we'll bring in in certain situations. And that'll be that. I don't really think so. I think they probably say, Hey, here you go. Thanks for, thanks for playing. Here's your retirement gift. We're going to give you a $2 million buyout and here you go. And I think that's probably what will be the case, but it just really surprises me that there's a lot of, a lot of vitriol, a lot of, spewed stuff that goes out there against Matt Carpenter. You know, he's given us a lot of good years. You know, he's he's been successful. Let's be happy with that. You know, if, if we want to say, hey, you know, he's done, let's send him on down the road, I am all for with him and his current situation for him sitting on the bench. I 100% agree. He's not the quality of player that he once was, and he can't give you the quality of play that you need right now or and or desire. There are other people that are sitting behind him in the minors that are ready to go. You know, the last couple of years, or at least last year, for sure, they kept Dylan Carlson down. I remember watching him in Springfield, and I was standing there with a couple uh, administrative people from the team that I won't name. But I was standing there, and I pointed out Carlson. I said, that's one bad mamma jamma right there. He's one bad cat. And, and they agreed, and they're just like, yeah, it just sucks that we're not going to have him for very long. And they knew it then, you know, that when we had the conversation and we talked then, like I said, won't name names of who it was, but they knew then we're going to lose them to Memphis. And that's, that's understandable. We get it. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're having a little bit of a back and forth over in the comment section between uh, Brian and Arlington about uh, Matt Carpenter receiving a red jacket. I have a tendency to agree with Arlington on this, Matt Carpenter will not receive a red jacket. Um, I think he will be remembered for what he was, a specialty player in a flash in time. Um, you know, that's just kind of the way that it goes. You know, you, Brian really thinks that, that he'll be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Well, you know, hey, I mean, if that's the way you feel, I I don't 
fully agree, but I don't one hundred percent disagree either. I just I really think that there's that's a big stretch, you know, with with Matt. Uh, you know, if we want to talk about Cardinals Hall of Famers, there's guaranteed slam dunks that we know. Number one at the top of that list is Albert Pujols. No question. Slam dunk, done, over, finished. Uh, secondly, Yadier Molina. You know he's going to get it. Uh, you know Wayno's going to get it. You know, Chris, well, Chris Carpenter's already got it. You know, uh, I, I think there's a lot of other people. You know, uh, Jason says not really. There's others that are more deserving. Absolutely, uh, that there's more that are that are deserving. And Arlington has a tendency to disagree with Brian. You know, uh, Brian, I hate to break it to you, brother. I probably, I probably agree with uh, Arlington and uh, Jason on this one. <laughs> it, yeah, Cardinals Hall of Fame. No, I, MLB definitely not. But you know. Uh, Cardinals Hall of Fame, no. So, you know, let's get back onto that subject of the Cardinals and where they're at as far as the players that they have. There's players that they have been keeping in the feeder system that have been there for too long and they need to be brought up. They need to have playing time. You know, we could talk, you know, I know there's a lot of conversation out there right now about Matthew Libertor and what's going on there. And that the, we need to, oh, we need to get Libertor in here and we need to get him pitching, strong left-handed pitcher. Guys, he is too raw. He is too young. He is super duper talented. I've seen the kid pitch. He is a really amazing pitcher and I am ready for him to come up, but he still needs polish. He still needs that time in the system He's got to, you got to get him there. You got to get him there. So there's that. There's other players that are in the system right now. But, you know, outside of Nolan Gorman and Matthew Liebertor and, and, you know, Zach uh, Thompson, your relief pitcher, you know, there's a couple other odd and end players there. How many other, like, like superstar players do we have right now in the feeder system? I mean, like legit, like these are going to be stars outside of Dylan Carlson and what Nolan Gorman is hopefully going to end up being and what Matthew Liebertor is hopefully going to end up giving you. What are we going to get out of these other players? You know, as much as I like John Nagowski, he's getting older. He's been in the system for a really long time. He's been in other organization systems specifically the Oakland Athletics. You've got to say at what point, you know, do we have to go out and we st- we have to start drafting. You know, we we've got the young kid that comes up and I, and his name escapes me right now for the second. So you guys could go ahead and chime in over on the comment section and tell me about the youngster. He just hit his first home run. Uh, what we would consider a major league home run here the other day. I just can't think of his name off the top of my head for some reason. But Outside of you know him and Gorman and Libertor and I mean what else is there for us? We've got to start developing some more talent. They have to start drafting some more talent or trading for some more talent and getting somebody in here uh, or or getting somebody right now. Pardon me, I have to adjust these things because I always feel like I kind of look like Mickey Mouse sometimes. These things are sticking way out over here, my big old head that I've got to have these things on. So my apologies, but. You know, uh, is Paul DeYoung really the answer at shortstop? We know that Nolan Arnato is the answer at third. Is DeYoung really the answer at short? You know, what is really the full answer at second? 
Is it Edmund? Is it Tommy? We know that Goldschmidt's locked in over at first. To give you a good, solid first baseman. Is he going to be the first baseman that he was in Arizona and be the first ba- best first baseman in the league? No. Is he number two, number three? Yeah, I, I'll give you that. But what about the middle of the infield? Where? What are we doing right there? I like Edmund. Don't get me wrong. He gets on base. He's solid defensively. He's he's a I feel a much better hitter. He is a much better hitter than what Colton Wong was. Colton Wong, and you see a sample size this year. It's it's here. He's having a good year at the plate so far. But he was very up and very down. He had very high peaks and very low valleys. Tommy Edmond is very consistent. I like his consistency at the plate. I love Colton Wong. He's my guy. But what are we going to do at second base? That's the real question. Let's hop over in the comment section here real quick. Jason feels that uh, second should have been Wong. It should have kept him over. Edmund is a Band-Aid. Cardinals never seem to keep a quality at second. I will take it. We're going to do a little bit of a take it or leave it type of game scenario. I'm going to take that. If you guys want to get in the comment section and do some take it or leave it stuff, I'd love to do that with you for a little bit. But definitely, Jason, I'll take that. Because Edmund, I really feel, is a super utility guy. From I remember Joe McEwing. You guys remember Joe McEwing, the super utility. Scott Spezio, the super utility guy. That's the thing that I see Edmund as. He's that guy that you could insert at any point in time. He's really good offensively. He's solid defensively. He could pay, play every single uh, spot on the field. He's your amazing guy off the bench. As to where Matt Carpenter, he can only play first, second, or third, and he can only really technically play first because he can't throw 80 poo. So And plus, obviously, now he can't hit. So Tommy Edmond is your super utility guy coming off the bench for the future. That's your man. That's your guy. That's what needs to be done. What are you going to do about second base? Is that going to be Nolan Gorman? Is he going to be making that transition into second base? That would be awesome to have that kind of a bat and his upside potential to have him. In its second. Brian has a tendency to agree that it's Edmund is more of a band-aid. Uh, or is, is more than a band-aid, actually. I should take that back. He doesn't agree. He disagrees. He said Edmund is more than a band-aid. I will take it. I will take it that he's more than a band-aid. He's, like I said just prior to, he's a super utility guy. He's that guy that you know you could trust to put in any position, and he's going to hit. And he's going to play solid defense. He can play every single position in the outfield. He can play every single position in the infield except for pitcher and catcher. And probably if you ask him to pitch, he'll probably do that too. So there you go on the Tommy Edmonds situation. I really want to focus on Paul DeYoung. What is going to happen at shortstop? You still have Edmund Sosa in the feeder system. He's really good defensively. His bat isn't super strong. We all know that Paul, uh, he's a... Once again, high peaks, low valleys, along the lines of that Colton Wong type of batting style, you're going to see him hit two, three home runs in a set or two home runs in a game, or he's going to get really hot here. What about the big picture? What about the whole thing? What about the 162 games or 158 games that he's playing in a year? What about that? 
Where is he going? To, how is it going to look out? He's a 240, 250 hitter. He'll get you 20 home runs. Maybe, you know, he's he's just not going to be what I think that you should have at shortstop. I think that you're relying too much on his bat at shortstop. He's good defensively, don't get me wrong. But is he great defensively? That remains to be seen. I don't want to hear MLB the show statistical numbers on his defense. That That is bull. It's malarkey. It's not even close. Why they have him rated in MLB the show, the game, it's not even close. You look at his defensive sabermetrics and his statistics, it's it's not even there. You know, I mean, it's he's solid defensively, but he's not... You know, like up over my shoulder over here. He ain't no Ozzy Smith. He ain't never going to be that. And so I would like to see something change there potentially um, and, and maybe move on from him. I think I think you know what you've got now. I think you've had your sample size. Um, and I think it's time to move on down the road. Let's hop back over in the comments real quick. Uh, Arlington has a tendency to agree with me that Edmund is a super utility guy. Edmund is like an... Okendo, Jose Okendo, for those who don't know, uh, of sorts, just a better offensive player. I agree. I agree with his uh, agreement. Uh, Arlington also says that De Jong is so inconsistent at the plate he is. He's very up. He's very down. You're going to get chunks of these, and sorry for hitting the hot mic, but you're going to get these chunks these chunks of periods of time to where you're not going to have that consistent play of what you need out of the guy. That's what you need. Jason says that DeJong is fine, but he won't be cheap because of those hot spurts. His agent will point at those at negotiating time. Well, okay. You know, I don't, I don't disagree with that assessment whatsoever, but I'll say, let him go. Bye. You can go sign with the Yankees or you can go sign with the the Doyers or the Angels or whatever team that wants to overpay for your services. That's okay. I I don't need it. I can go out and I can bring up Edmund Sosa. I can put him in. He's solid defensively. You know, he's not going to be the hitter, but maybe he might be more consistent. We don't know really what we have there with him. So we have to look at that. Uh, Arlington says that's why Dijon belongs six in the lineup. He'll have his power and his hits, but his high level of strikeouts can hurt being higher than sixth. I agree. I think that if you put him any higher than sixth, you're really hurting your ball club, uh, putting him higher than sixth in the lineup. And this is playing manager like we were talking about earlier. Uh, we're playing manager. We're playing, you know, where do we want these guys in the lineup? Um, you know, I really think that you, you're talking about it just makes perfect sense in a lineup that whatever guy is getting on base, whether that's from a hit, from a walk or whatever the case is, I don't want a guy smacking home runs leading off. It's that simple. I don't want a guy that's going to hit 20 plus home runs leading off. And, it, you know, I want him getting on base. So that way the guy that's second in line is either going to get on base or hit a home run or definitely my guy in the three hole who's my big bopper is going to hit a home run or my guy in the fourth hole which should be your Nolan Arenado can clear the bases either from hitting a home run or for hitting a, a, a solid double or whatever the case might be 
that's that's how I want that lineup looking as far as me. If I'm playing manager, that's what I want to see. Arlington says that Schilt has finally got the first four in the lineup correct. Edmund, Carlson, Goldie, Nolan. Absolutely. Edmund gets on base. Does he hit an occasional home run? Yeah, he does. But he gets on base, whether that be from a hit or a walk. I don't care. Just get on base. And then Carlson, you know, he could he could bop and he can hit for, for doubles and singles and triples. He's he's got it all. He's he's that five tool player that we talk about that so rarely comes along. With the 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 sad part of what we missed out with Oscar Tavares. The the unfortunate passing of Oscar Tavares where we did not get what we were hoping we would get with his unfortunate passing. But we have that in Carlson. And having him in a two-hole means business. It means business. Okay? So, Edmund first, Carlson second, Goldie third. He's your big bopper. He's your guy that's just got tons of power. He's going to swipe. He's not going to hit. Uh, you know, the, the, at the level of the first two, but he's, he's your big power guy. He's your guy you send out there with the broom and say, let the big dog eat. That's who, that's how you do it. And then obviously Nolan there and clean up. It makes the most sense. And then I think fifth, you've got to put in somebody like O'Neal. I think really that's makes the most sense to me. And then sixth, you're probably talking either DeJong or Bader. I would probably put DeJong there at sixth and then have, you know, Bader at seventh and then whoever you want to throw in in the eighth spot before the pitcher. So Jason says that we have our lethal bats. He also says Billy Bean's favorite uh, OBS, uh, yeah, on base percentage. You know, you know the OBS. That's you know, if you have every single player on your team is getting north of three fifty on on base percentage, that would be OBP. Um, but yeah, that's that's huge. That's that's gonna win you games. That's gonna get you, you know, ninety plus wins a year. That's that's gonna get it for you. That's a slam dunk. Uh, but he also says that we have our lethal bats. Arlington also states that Goldie didn't hit thirty four home runs for nothing two years ago. Absolutely, he's your big bopper. That's why you put him in the three hole. It's an absolute slam dunk. So we're going to take a quick break here real fast. We're going to come back. We're going to continue to talk Cardinals baseball. But we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. So you guys just hang tight. Hey, this is Derek King with the Derek King Sports Show. We all know buying a vehicle can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Fifth Street Motors, located in Pacific, Missouri, will help you find the vehicle that you need no matter what brand. Fifth Street Motors believes in giving you the best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. Give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306 and make sure you tell them that Gateway City Sports sent you. Hey everybody, this is Derek King with the Derek King Sports Show. We all know how important it is to stay protected. Sometimes life throws you a curve and that's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They offer a customized approach that is unique to your situation to make sure that you, your family, and assets are properly protected. They also offer great rates and savings. 
Give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294. They'll help you with an insurance quote right over the phone. Even give them a call if you just want to talk sports. (laughs) They do that too. We all have busy lives. So you can also email Sean at seanwiley at allstate.com and talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Sorry about that. Once again, my apologies. I'll go back to what I was saying, but the uh, the audio, once again, we're still having some issues with that, but we're, we're working on that. Um, so I was talking about when I came back from break about the situation with the doubleheader that they're going to be having what today so the yesterday the game got rained out there were some ticket issues uh they said that the tickets from yesterday would not be accepted for today but what they didn't say is that those tickets from yesterday would be fully refunded to the purchaser and that they could purchase new tickets for the games today and it's a single purchase for both games it's a one ticket purchase for both games so that's uh that's what's going on there uh arlington you should be able to hear me guys uh that that are still out there uh, watching, you should be able to hear me now. I should be back. So, <clears throat> yeah, I know there's a lot of people uh, that want to make changes to the lineup one way or another, whether it be by getting rid of a certain player or, mo- or moving a certain player up or moving a certain player over. That's all fine and dandy, but you've also paid contracts. You've done all this other stuff. There's certain language that are in those contracts that guarantees certain performance, you know, percentages, um, percentages. But if, you know, the, the, it's, it's a really difficult thing to say from here as a fan, when you're sitting here and you're watching a game and you're saying or you're paying attention to the team or whatever the case is those things are very difficult to be able to ascertain what's going on within that contract because we don't have the contract in front of us now there's certain places that will give you the information of a contract based on what type of salary you can go to uh baseballreference.com that's kind of like whenever it comes to baseball statistics it's kind of my so-called baseball bible that I go to. Um, I love that place because they, not baseball statistics, baseball reference. If I said baseball statistics, I'm, I apologize. I don't know why. If, if I said that, I, I don't really know 100% for sure. Um, so if, if you just go and you pick a player, for example, let's go and let's, let's look at Paul DeYoung real quick. And we're going to pull up Paul DeYoung uh, because I think that that would be a really good representation to be able to look at his contract uh, and give you guys kind of an idea of where he's kind of at right now. So let's go ahead and bring this up and we're going to go ahead and pull this into split screen. I have to make the adjustment here on the, uh, the browser capture so that way you guys can see that. So hang tight with me here real quick because I want to bring that up for you guys to be able to see it. So, And if you can't see it, I, I apologize. Maybe what we might do um, is I believe, yeah, yeah. So we're just going to stick with that for right now because we we've, we've have to add an actual screen for the full picture on these things. So I'll just go ahead and break it down to you. But this is over on baseballreference.com. And for this year... 
He's got 3.127 years of service time. He's 27 years old, 2021. He's making $4.166 million. So just basically 4.167 because it's almost $4.167 million this year. In 2022, he makes 6.166. In 2023, he makes 9.166, almost 167. Uh, And then... In 2024 and 2025, there's team option uh, and a buyout. Now, you could still trade him. Now, he'll be 31 by that last year. You could still trade him either this year or next year if you want to. I would say you hang on to him this year, you see what you get, and then you move on next year if it's not really necessarily where you want it to be. So that's that's the one big thing that I want to that I want to point out. I need to close that window out there, so my apologies. Um, But that's the one thing that I want to point out with Paul DeYoung and his contract. If we go over and we look at Matt Carpenter, that's another one that I want to pull up here real quick because we were talking about him. Uh, And it gives you, like I said, it gives you a good window into what these players are making all around. So like what we were talking about earlier with, uh, we scroll down here to uh, 2021, Last year of his contract, $18.5 million. And see right here where it's highlighted, and you can't see it, but it says um, right here in the first salary portion, in that first uh, line of the salary, eighteen point five. But it says, highlighted in bold, $18.5 million vesting option, $2 million buyout. It says that the option vests with 1,100 plate appearances total in 2020 and 2021 and 550 plate appearances in 2021. So he would he only made 400 and something in that first year. So that means it kind of rolls over to the next year. So he has to bare minimum get 550 and then make up the difference, which would be 600 and something. It's not going to happen. So at that point, they've got a $2 million buyout option for 2022 if they want to do that. That hey, great for him that he's made that kind of money that he's done what he's done. That's awesome. That's great. I love it. So we're gonna go back to our main screen here because we've finished up with that. So as far as the Matt Carpenter thing is concerned, I think that's the direction that they're probably going to go. With Paul DeYoung, the jury's still out. With Tommy Edmond, once again, I think he's a super utility player. We just have to kind of wait and see. It remains to be seen. But we'll just have to play it out. Now, the other thing that we want to talk about is the upcoming sets of games that the Cardinals have. Now, like I said earlier in the show, go over to gatewaycitysports.com. Check out Don's article on the uh, weekly recap. A lot of really great information in there. Um, good, Great stuff. Every single time Don puts out an article for these week, weekly recaps, it's always good because some of these games I don't get. You know, some of these games I'll miss, uh, and it's always good to go back and kind of have a rewind and check in on these games. There's also a, a neat little Matt Carpenter article over there that's kind of got people worked up. You guys could definitely go and check that out. So now we've got these next set of games that are coming up, right? And we're gonna pull up that uh, that schedule here real quick, and we want to look at those. Um, because I think that there's a couple of those games that we need to talk about that are critically important 
Um, you know, obviously playing the Mets, it's always important that you beat the Mets. They're pond scum. You know, we don't really care for those guys. Um, you got a three-game stand against the Rockies after we finish up this four-game stand against the Mets. Uh, so a three-game stand against the Rockies. Then you've got yourself a three-game three stand against the Brewers. That one is huge right here. I want to see them pick up these games against the Mets. So they've got the two, game, the two games today. I'd love to see them at least split, uh, but obviously pick up all the games against the Mets. I want to see them pick up two out of three against the Rockies. Uh, but the Rockies are a tough team right now. You know, they're they're in tr they're a dog backed in the corner. So you might get everything or you might get nothing. And we know how the Cardinals are <laughs> from a time to time. They go up against a really bad team and then they just they just wet the bed. They just don't manage to get it done. But this three game stand coming up on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, the 11th, 12th and 13th is very, very important against the Brewers. That's really going to put you out front because then you've got a three game stand against the Padres. And then this is where it starts getting interesting. Two games against the Buccos. Then you've got three games against the Cubbies. And then you get to go see TLR at the end of the month, towards the end of the month. The Chicago White Sox got a three-game stand there. So it's going to get really interesting to see where the Cardinals go from here on out and what type of game plan they have going forward and how they're going to be able to pick up these games. So that's going to pretty much it, do it for the show this week. You know, we've had a lot of you know, video and audio issues uh, starting off this morning, getting into the office and then opening everything up and realizing, well, wow, all the software's decided to do a massive update over the over the night and it's completely wiped the slate clean and you have to start over from scratch. So I apologize for not having any intro music um, and <laughs> not having, you know, any of that stuff. So I apologize for that. If you guys heard intro music, that's great, but I didn't hear it on my end. So I would assume that it probably was not there. That's something that I'm going to have to potentially, uh, get in here today and correct. So my apologies on that. So that's going to do it for the show today. We'll be back Wednesday, 9am next week. Now I have to tell you guys that I'm going to be on vacation and I will not be on location, but I'm going to be on vacation uh, from the 19th until the 25th. So I will miss the 19th show. I'll be in airports. I won't have the availability to do anything, uh, but I'll be back the 25th. So we should be able to have a show on the 26th. We will have to wait and see. But that'll do it. This is Derek King from Derek King Sports Show. This is yours truly signing off. I'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.